Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Tim Hall. Smug look. It's like he's just uh, the cat that's had the cream, isn't it? Uh, I think so. A few gone by then. Hey, good to see you back. Gee, you look relaxed. How long have you been on holidays? Six weeks. Oh, six weeks. Take a seat, folks. Great to be here and a happy new year. This is the first Sunday of a decade. You know that? And I've got the privilege, last week I preached the last Sunday of the last decade back at our home church in Shakers, and uh, this week, the first message for the year for you guys. So that's exciting, it's a new decade, Have you? and I think it's uh, a very unpredictable decade. I think it's an exciting decade, it's a good, it's a good decade to be a Christian. Um, it's probably never been a more exciting time in history to be a Christian than right now, um, anything can happen. There's all sorts of stuff. That, I mean, the world right now is in one crazy place. Crazy. Anything can happen, Frank. Any time, can't it? Just happen. And uh, but what a time! It's the they call Papua New Guinea the land of the unexpected. I think this is a decade of the unexpected, and um, I think God has got plans for things this decade that if they were described to us, we would not believe them. The devil's got his plans for the decade, but I think God's got his bigger plans. So let's see what happens. Uh, I'm getting pretty old. Um, This is my ninth decade. Think about that, nine decades. I was born in 1948, two years after Noah's Ark landed. And uh, two years after, and so... The 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 210s, now 220s. Nine decades. That's ancient. Some of these kids are just one decade. How many people are more than three decades? More than six. You're, Frank, you're a nine, are you? When were you born? Well, you're nine decades. Well, you're born 47, I'm 48. Well, how come I'm nine decades and you're seven? (laughs) One of us has got our maths wrong. Work it out. You're older than me. 47, 48, 49. No, hang on. 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 210s, 220s. Nine. What are you, 72? Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Franklin. He's a good man, Frank. We've been friends for years, haven't we? Mates for years. Many years. Before many of these people were even thought of. I, ha- I was um, asleep last night, which is always good. And uh, yesterday, we went up to Bendigo. I took my grandson, Joshua, up to Bendigo yesterday to show him our history, a bit of our history in gold mines and... Uh, uh, we're from a gold mining family and we went up there for a run to have a look at a few things and on the way back I was praying about 
what I'm preaching today and then last night thinking through and chewing and I didn't really have it as clear as I'd like and I thought I'll wake up with it in the morning and in the night, early this morning, I was sort of half awake. I don't know if I was asleep or awake but it was like God started to flood stuff on me and um, it was just like bang, 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 bang and it's not even a proper sermon, it's just a whole lot of thoughts and I wrote them all down so it's hopelessly unstructured. I don't know how it's going to come out. Uh, the ink is still wet. Look at that. And uh, so I'm just going to share with you what the Lord put on my heart yesterday and then particularly dropped on me while I was, I don't know if I was asleep or awake. It was like that half sleep zone and it was really clear. And so I just uh, used that as a good excuse to stay in bed. I didn't sleep in long, but Jackie was up with the chooks, beat them up. And I was up reasonably early. But anyway, this is what God put on my heart. Father, would you anoint your word? Help me. This is the stuff you put on my heart, so help me with it now. In Jesus' name, thank you. Holy Spirit, come and do something powerful here today. Come and do something very powerful here. In Jesus' name, amen. Dan and Chelsea, thank you for this privilege. These are two amazing people. What, what, they, what they do... And the daring, the daring of what they step out into is pretty inspiring. Um, you know, Dan said, I've sort of inspired him over the years. No, he's inspiring. You guys are inspiring us. Stepping out, I mean, the, 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 uh, the big um, awakening here was an incredible step of faith. And Joshua got really touched there. He met his favourite preacher in the world. Am I your favourite or is it? Todd. Who's number one? Todd's number one, isn't he? Todd White, yeah. So he met his number one preacher. I have to settle for number two, but anyway. So a good place to start in 2020 would be Acts 20, wouldn't it? So let's go to Acts 20 and uh, thank you, Jesus, this morning. Apostle Paul Spent approximately three years. He'd been three years, a little more probably, in the great city of Ephesus. Ephesus was the most Roman city outside of Rome. One of the most extraordinary cities in the world was Ephesus. Anyone had the privilege of going to Ephesus? It's a phenomenal place. Ephesus is an experience. It's an amazing place to go. I enjoyed it just as much as going to Jerusalem or Rome. To me, Ephesus is right up there at the top. Um, it was the place where... Paul was, where Timothy, John, Mary, uh, Priscilla, Aquila, uh, Apollos and so on all ministered there in Ephesus. It's an extraordinary place. But Paul had been there for three years and I think it was his favourite place. And now he's come back. He can't go into the city because things are a little bit wild for him. So he goes to the port of Miletus. There he meets the elders and he knows that he will never see them again. He knows that this is the last chance he will ever have to talk to them. He knows that this is the end of an era and the end of his probably his favourite project of all. Um, incidentally, I've written a book on the whole of Ephesians called Armed and Dangerous, A Warrior's Handbook. It's coming out soon. It's coming out soon. Stay tuned. If you, if you follow us on Instagram... It'll all be on there. Who's followed us on Instagram? No one. At Pastor Tim Hall. Don't get one of the fake accounts. Get mine and, and uh, follow us there. It's, uh, 
Yeah, anyway. Paul is now with the elders, with the Ephesian elders, and he's giving a farewell speech, and he wants to leave something with them. He wants to make a statement to them. I hope this is not my farewell speech. Um, at our age, we just don't know, Frank, do we? We could be here today, gone tomorrow. But no, Frank and I, we're going for the 100. Aren't we? You'll make it. You look pretty fit and sprightly. You'll make the 100. Jumping around like a jolly man on jumping beans. And so he's writing to them, or he's speaking to them, and he begins to talk to them and he says, um, let me pick up here. He says, I have not shunned, verse 27 of Acts 20, to declare to you all the counsel of God. He says, I've shared with you the whole counsel. I've preached the full gospel to you. And he said, take heed therefore unto yourselves and all the flocks over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. He's got all the leaders together to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in, false prophets, false teachers, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things and draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day and with tears. I think one of the things missing in the body of Christ at the moment is that we don't warn seriously enough the body of Christ as to where things are at. I really think we fail to warn people of how serious the times are. A lot of churches go away from it because they're concerned that it will upset and throw people off. But I feel a deep urgency to warn people and say, get ready. Things can happen. Things can happen. The pressure's coming on the body of Christ. The opposition is coming. Big time. So is the power of God. With grace, with sin abounds, grace more so. But there's the need to warn and let people know, hey, this is what the Bible says. You hear very little preaching um, on end times anymore. But we need to be aware. We need to be very, very aware. I want to write another book now on uh, really using what's happening in end times as a tool for people to win souls. Then he says this. He says, and now, brethren... He says, you know that for three years I ceased not to warn every person as to where we're at and what's happening with, with tears. But now, brethren, now, brethren, I commend to, to, to you to God. I set you apart to God. And he said, I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among the saints, among all them which are sanctified. He says, I commend you to God and to his word. And uh, hurry back, Josh. <laughs> Off you go and hurry back. <laughs> and just threw me. He says, I commend you to the word. Here's his These are his final words. And he says, I commend you to God. But he said... All sorts of things are coming, but I commend you to this, to God and his word. 
And I believe if there's something at the start of this year that I could say to you, commend to you, it is to say, if we are not people of the word, we've got a problem. If we're not people of the word of God, we've got a problem. I think the greatest weakness in the Australian church is a weakness in the word. The Australian church is weak in its grip of the word. I'm not saying here, I guarantee you are strong because I know you pastors love the word of God. But to a great degree, I find that even in Bible college with the students there, I start to realize how little people know. So many Christians today, young Christians especially, get carried along with uh, great worship and music and praise, but they don't spend time getting in the word. They have fellowship with all their friends and they go to church, but they don't know the word. Very few have a serious grip of the word of God. And I want to put a challenge to you at the start, at the very beginning of 2020. I wish he hadn't gone. Anyway. Just annoying, annoying me. Anyway, he needs to be listening. Yeah, I know. I'm on with it. We need to get into the word. We need to get deep in it, not surface. Paul says, I commend you to God and his word. He said, serious times are coming. Let me commend you to get deeply, deeply into the word of God. Deeply into his word. And I looked at it in this morning. I was just waiting on God. I was actually asleep, half asleep, wherever I was. And I kept over and over hearing, what did Paul say? What did Jeremiah say? What did Isaiah say? What did the men of God through history say about the word and the power of the word? And Paul himself, he said, I commend you to the word of God that is able to build you up. That word is epoikodemeo, which means to build up your spiritual house. It means to build as a master builder, to build you up. There are two things that build you up. One of them is praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the language of the Holy Spirit. Praying in the language of the Spirit will build you up. It will build your spiritual house. It will strengthen you, building yourself up, praying in the Holy Ghost. That is why we have a prayer language, so that we can be built up on the inside. Someone says, do we need to pray in tongues? Well, I do, because the Bible says you build yourself up. He who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto man, but unto God. For out of his spirit, he is speaking mysteries, connecting with God. Someone says, I don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't need to speak in tongues. Well, if you don't build yourself up, there's two things that build you up. Paul said the word of God will build you up. He says, I commend you to the word that is able to build your spiritual house. You build it by the word and you build it by praying in tongues. Can I give you some advice at the start of this year? When tough times are coming on the planet, 
I think persecution's coming. I think difficulties are coming. Many complex things are coming. We need to be built up in prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost, and living in the Word of God. I commend you the Word that's able to build your spiritual house, build your house, and give you your inheritance. I want to enter into my inheritance in God. Everything that I'm called to, everything that I'm called to move into, everything that I'm called to operate in is going to come as I'm a man committed to the Word of God. Committed. Paul said, writing to the Romans, he said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Doesn't come by having heard. It doesn't come by seeing. Comes by hearing. Now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How do we grow this year? We grow by the Word of God. In Hebrews 4, and I believe Paul, I actually believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. That's my personal opinion. Well, whether it was Paul, I believe it was. He says in Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is quick, alive, supernaturally alive. This book is different to any other book you'll ever read. It's a living book. It will transform you. Something happens as you study it, as you feed on it and chew on it. It will change you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's how God's ordained it. And so Paul said, the Word of God is quick and sharp, sharper than any scalpel. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. From the Greek word dystomos. Dystomos. Dystou. Stomos, the tongue. It's sharper than any two-mouthed, sorry, mouthed swords. Edged or two-mouthed. When does the Word of God become sharp and two-mouthed? I'll tell you when. When we feed on this Word until it saturates our being and it fills our soul, that's one edge. But the other edge is when that same Word comes out of our mouth with power. God spoke to Reinhard Bonnke and said, Reinhard, my word in your mouth shall be as powerful as my word in my mouth. Hebrews 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. What does that mean? The word for hold fast is cat echo. Let us hold down and seize hold with strength the profession of our faith. What is the word profession? It is homologia, from two words. Homo, the same, logia, word. What does it mean? Let us hold fast the speaking of his word, not our feelings, not our emotions, not what we think. Let us hold fast to speaking his word. He is called the high priest of our homologia. He's the one who goes before carrying our words to the Father. When he takes them there, the Father takes the word and that activates the spirit realm. We activate the realm of the angelic and the power of the Holy Ghost when the great high priest of our homologia takes us speaking the same word into the presence of the Father 
And Jesus says they're speaking the word. Angels act on it. I'm just giving you scripture this morning. Is that all right? Jeremiah said, Jeremiah said, God commended him and said, when he had a, a, a revelation of the anointing and the word of God, he says, you've heard correctly. I watch over my word. I hasten over. I listen to it. I brood over it like a mother hen to bring it to pass. He said, I watch over this word when it's getting into your spirit to make it happen. I watch it to make it happen. We'll, we'll spend hours watching TV and I'd have to say to you that the last few weeks of Christmas, I've spent an enormous amount of time watching cricket and a whole lot of rubbish and not enough time in the word. But now, as we get into January, I'm back into it. My studies are starting up again and I'm back in hours a day in the word. I've had a little holiday. Um, I shouldn't have had a holiday. We, we have a bit of Proverbs every day and a bit of word, but something in my spirit, there's a big hunger for a big T-bone steak every day of the word to get in and open it up and open the Greek and open the original language and chew on it and hunger for it until it starts to work with power because Jeremiah said the word of God, God said to him, you've seen correctly, but my word, I watch over my word to bring it to pass. Isaiah understood that. Isaiah 55, 11, he had the revelation and shared what God told him. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish. Hey, taking this in, Josh. See, I'm picking on him this morning. He's going home tomorrow, going back to Adelaide tomorrow. So he needs a good burst of the word today. forgotten what I was talking about but I was telling you something <laughs> so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it will not come back to me says the Lord empty but it shall accomplish basically what he pleases it will accomplish the thing for which it's been sent and we send his word we speak into situations People have been speaking into our situation in Australia. Driving here, it was raining in the middle of summer. Putting a jumper on. What's happening to so-called global warming? It used to be hotter back in my day when I was a kid. 100 degrees day and night, wasn't it, Frank? We'd drive around a car with no air conditioning. They were the days, mate, weren't it? To drive across by car from Adelaide to Bendigo in a Hillman Minx. <laughs> 10 hours, 50 miles an hour, with a dog that passed wind all the way <laughs> and no air conditioning. We didn't have air conditioners. Didn't even have a TV. Do you remember we didn't even have a TV? Nothing. No phone. Ring someone up, you had a can with a string. Didn't we? We just got by, didn't we? It was easy. It was uncomplicated. We didn't have the media telling us how to live our life, what we should do, 
filling our heads with rubbish and fake news. I mean, talk fake news. CNN. The guy that started CNN, Ted Turner. His philosophy is that the world needs to be reduced to three to five hundred million people. The guy's out there somewhere. Anyway. Anyway. It's, uh, it's alleged he did that. Well, there's a quote of that. It's alleged. Moving on. You've got to allege everything, don't you? Well, we don't allege that. It's not alleged. Jeremiah says, his word is in me so strong. He said, the word of God is in my heart and it's like a fire shut up in my bones. That's a good place to be in the word this year. To have the word shut up in our bones like a fire and then coming out like a fire got to get this word in until it till it runs out till we open our mouth and it pours out <coughs> nearly blew a tonsil which is hard when you haven't got any we, we read the proverbs every day Jack's read them for years she knows them all she uses them on me every day <laughs> any situation that arises she says Tim, the Proverbs say. I like them. Just don't like them used on me regularly. And Joshua here, you've had them used on you a bit, haven't you? Till we get to Proverbs 31. Then it's like we're reading Proverbs 31 and I said to Joshua, well, this is all about Jack today and this perfect woman and she was there so. It's me. Proverbs 4 says this. <coughs> my son, attend to my words. Listen to him. Attend. What does that mean? Prick your ears up to my word. Okay? It's good to sit in a sermon and get our ears stirred and start to go, yeah, that's good stuff. But then God says, now attend to them. Now go from attending to inclining. What does that mean? That means you're hearing it and it's exciting but he said, I want you to go deeper with it. I want you to give attention to it. I want you to get in it and chew it. I want you to start to chew it. I want you to, you, you want to get your Bible till it's falling to bits. You want to eat your Bible. Yeah. <coughs> well, not literally. We're, we're over in, um, I was in Chattanooga. We've had some great meetings in Chattanooga. And someone sent a picture of my Bible, which was great, to the company in Chattanooga that makes it. And uh, my Bible isn't in great shape here. Um, especially that page and these, it's sort of, it's in bad shape. Um, and someone sent pictures of it and they invited me in and they said, we want to see this Bible. So I brought it in and they said, look, we're so impressed, we're going to present you with a brand new one from the company. And they said, normally we'll do a trade-in. I said, you're not getting this one. It's taken a few years to get it working. But I want to get the word out of here and into here. It's no good in there, it's got to be in here. Then from there, it's got to come where? Out here. We're going to be speaking it. You see, it says, attend to my word and incline your ear. In other words, now get serious about, okay, what does this scripture mean? What are these words? 
And you start to get into the Greek language and go back into the original and start to look at the words and, and chew on the meaning and, and then look at different um, guys that, that share their thoughts and, and commentaries and so on and start to hunger for the word and it takes you down these interesting rabbit tracks. You start studying. How many times have you started studying, Reverend, on one subject and by the time you've finished, you've gone on nine rabbit tracks, a couple of dingo tracks, you've been down a wombat track, a couple of wombat holes, you come out of there, back into some rabbit tracks and you go, man, I'm back on the road again. And you've, and you've got a whole series of stuff you've studied that's all new and fresh that's come from one scripture. Use everything you can. Get on YouTube and listen to, if you want to answer people's questions, listen to Rabbi Zacharias or listen to this or that and feed your head positively on all the stuff. We haven't been quite as positive. I, I've taken Joshua on an adventure through the Three Stooges over Christmas. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you remember them, Frank. None of the young people go, who's that? What? Incline your ears. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep the word in front of your eyes. Stay in it. Stay in it. God spoke to Joshua and he said, Joshua, this word shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. You know what the word meditates? Murmur it. Mumble it when you're walking around. I'm the head, not the tail, above only, never below. All the fullness of God, all the fullness of God indwells me. I'm filled with all his fullness. Uh, now, as a result, I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything I could ask or think according to the power. Thank you, Lord, the eyes of my understanding are enlightened that I might know the hope of your calling and the riches of your inheritance and glory and the unlimited magnitude of power us who believe according to the work of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when God raised him from the dead. Set him in his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule, principality, power. Thank you, Lord, that you're opening my spiritual eyes. Thank you, Father, that I'm able to... Uh, uh, oh, God, you've taken me to... Does that mean time's up? <laughs> Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget none of his benefits. If he gives all your iniquities, heals all your diseases. There has not failed one of all of his good promises which you made unto Moses' his servant. Forever, O Lord, thy word has been established in heaven. Yeah. <sighs> and you meditate it. You speak it. Speak it. Don't worry, I'm preaching to myself. I've had a slack couple of weeks. It's been a slack couple of weeks. I'm going to wind this thing up in a minute. You're all okay? Keep them in the midst of your heart. That word keep means guard them like you've put thorn bushes around them. Like if you want to keep lions out, you put a whole lot of Thorn bushes around. Guard them. Guard the word. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Keep it in your mouth. Meditate day and night that you might make your way prosperous in everything you're doing. Oh, we've got so many things here. So many. The Bible says they're healthy whole body. Keep them in the midst of your heart because they are life to them that find them and you don't find something unless you look for it. And health to all their flesh. Health to your bones. 
Healthy bones. Health of all your flesh. Health of your lungs. Brain. How many need a bit of help with your brain? The Word of God is... I've nearly finished. There's plenty more, but that's enough. No, really. Isaiah 53 says this. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And then it goes into that incredible, uh, incredible piece of Scripture... He grew up as a root out of as a, a, a root out of dry ground. We esteemed him not. Esteemed him. How's it go? He grew as a, a shoot out of dry ground. He had no form nor comeliness that we should desire him. We esteemed, but we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The well-being of our peace was upon him by his wounds. We were healed. It goes on, it says, All of us like sheep have gone astray, but the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity the whole human race, etc., etc. But the Bible says, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And the Lord said to me, when you take hold and believe his report, he then extends his strong arm. How many want the strong arm of his power extended your way this year? How many want to live in that supernatural blessing this year? How many want to live in a new place and go to a new place in terms of your inheritance, in terms of impact? I want to commend you to his word. I'm not going to preach any longer. I'm going to pray for some people. The Bible says, the Bible says that uh, if we believe his report, he will extend his arm of power. I wonder how many people this year would say, I'm going to go into your word this year like I never have before. I'm going to study like I've never studied the word before. How many feel a challenge this year to get to the end of 2020 and say, my, my understanding of the word has gone to a new level. I began lecturing in the Bible college I guess seven years ago, I started lecturing at, at Shakers. And, and I would say that since I've been lecturing in the college there, my grip of the word has probably increased 100%. Driven to study. Digging into the word. doing It's probably gone beyond that. It's probably gone beyond that. Doing 12-hour lectures on the book of Psalms. I took 200 hours into studying the book of Daniel. Paul said, let the word of God indwell you richly. Study to show yourself approved. A workman that does not need to be ashamed. Close your eyes with me. Do you know the Bible says in the book of John, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
A little later on it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. In the beginning was the Word. Throughout eternity was the Word. In Arche, from the very foundation of everything, before everything, the first thing was the Word. The word for word is the Greek word logos. The word logos, even though it means word, it also means other things as well. It means the ancient Greeks used it to explain the reasons for life. They used the word logos to explain the amazing things in the world system and structures and the seasons and all the amazing things with plant life and photosynthesis and everything else, all the and reproduction, everything else. The word logos was a word that explained the unexplainable. Logos explained the things that scientists try to tell us evolved. The scripture says, in arche, in o logos, okay, logos, proston, theon, in the beginning was the logos, the word, the reason, the understanding, the purpose, the eternal understanding of all that's been created. And the Bible says, and the Logos, the Word, the reason, the understanding, the purpose became flesh and dwelt amongst us. You see, when we study the Word, Jesus is called the Word. It's more than just His Word because the Holy Spirit broods over this book to make it total reality to you. This morning, do you know the one who the Scripture says in the beginning was the Logos? Do you know Him who became flesh? And walked on the earth, the eternal Son of God in human flesh. Have you come to know Him? Do you know Him this morning? Are you born again by the Spirit of God? Has the Logos, the Great One, the Great Understanding, the Reason, the One by whom and for whom and through whom all things came into being and all things were created and by whom all things consist and hold together? Tell me today, do you know Him? Do you know Him? Have you found Him? Are you born again today? Is Christ your Savior today? Are you washed in the blood of Christ? I was talking to my grandson a couple of days ago and I said, have you ever thought that when Jesus hung on the cross, the blood that flowed in his veins was not human blood, wasn't blood as we know it that had come from a human source? Because the seed of God that was placed into that virgin girl Mary, that seed was the seed of the Father and the Father produces the blood. And the blood that flowed in the veins of Jesus was the very blood of the creative God of the universe, God's own blood. I said, have you ever thought that when Jesus hung on the cross for you and I, it was the blood of the creator flowing down onto the very ground that he'd created? Have you met the one who shed his blood for you? Have you met the one whose blood cleanses from every sin, who washes sin away? His blood will make you whole, make you complete. Have you met him? 
Do you know him? As our heads are bowed. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.